Saturday, turning up with a new host. Live on all platforms, east to the west coast. Don't sleep on her, she gon' bring me the good vibes. Real people and they opinions, it's on life. Word on the street, she got reviews on the best high. Time for the show, now we going to her live. Welcome back to another episode of Kendra After Dark. Today, my guest host is Lauren, also known as Brees. Welcome up, to the up. show. So today we are going to try some flower that I picked up from Prime Leaf earlier. It's Vegas Triangle Kush. And I want to say it's a hybrid. I'm also something a little up and down right away for us. I'm all, we'll see. It smells pretty good. What do you think? It smells it's like kind of, kind of mellow. It's not citrusy or anything. I don't know what that smell is. It's gassy. Yeah. I'm all, so we'll see how that is. But I brought Brees on the show today because I wanted to talk a little bit about his music and what he's doing with that and also his recovery from addiction. So first of all, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. I mean, let's see. Born and raised in Arizona, been across the, most of the country, the lower south end of the country. Done drugs in just about every state there in that line and back. Um, heroin, meth, anything that went into a needle, fucking, I don't know. Uh, how, how long? Oh, fucking 10 years, decades. Started when I was 16, stuck a needle in my arm for the first time. How did, how, so how did that happen? Uh, so in Sierra Vista, like in, during my high school stint, there was a bunch of situations that occurred where people just died. Like parties where kids went one after the other on dirt bikes in the middle of the night and they were riding, they were both riding down the center yellow lines and they hit each other at like 60 Mm -hmm. and they killed each other basically when they hit and then like. The older dude's girlfriend jumped in front of a van that week after that happened, killed herself, like, it was just a bunch of shit just started happening. I lost my best friend that summer, he drowned in Corpus Christi while I was locked up for the first time. Oh, wow. Yeah, and, like, this dude whose brother, literally right before this had happened, all of these kids getting hit and all that other stuff, his brother pulled out, uh, out of stoplight on a highway in Sierra Vista and with his lights off or something and got t-boned by like a truck and he was just in a little hatchback thing and it killed him right away so his the dead dude's little brother I was cool with through like the motocross scene and shit and like he was smoking uh the the Oxycontin 80s he was smoking them on foil and that's like how it all fucking first started for me I would like before all that like I would do any drug, and I'd do as much of it as I could, and, but I never had a problem, like, setting it the fuck down. Right. You know what I mean? But, like, when the fucking... Like, when you get out of being... Getting out of jail, and then you have an ankle monitor on you, you can't leave, your best... Some of your friends show up before your my girlfriend at the time showed up, mm-hmm. and was literally just kind of like... So we're gonna tell you something right now, but you have to pretend like you have no idea what I'm talking about when the chick shows up. And I was like, you know, well, what's up? He's like, well, while you were, you know, you were supposed to go to Texas and stuff, and, and it, we ended up throwing like Molotov cocktails at somebody's house. Oh, okay. It was an interesting situation. It was, it was fun. It was worth it. Anyways, minus the fact that I was locked up when I was supposed to go to Texas. 
mm-hmm. and my dude, my best friend Ben went without me, and he ended up getting pushed over a boat, had a bunch of coke, he was doing a bunch of coke, which like prevented him like from swallowing, but when the, I don't know, you know when you're, well, I don't know. you ever done coke, you done coke, yeah? I, one time, I'm off. Oh, okay, well, okay, <laughs> so, so your boat gets all fucking numb and like whatever, and so like, he swallowed a bunch of water and drowned. And fucking, I had to hear about that, and then I couldn't, I couldn't even leave. I couldn't leave my house. Right. His, par- his family lived about half, not even half a mile down the street. And like, so like, just certain things picked up, and I started to actually, I knew people died, but it never, it was like, okay, I knew that. Like, people have died my entire life. My grandpa died when I was like two. Like, you know what, shit happens. And right. Like, Something changed. Something snapped. Something from my family. It just, I don't know, maybe it was at that age where you're kind of like, that that 15, 16, like you're trying to find yourself and you. I kind of went with like, I do not give a fuck. Like, I don't plan on living past 21. Mm. And I genuinely meant it. And like, I was pretty upset when I fucking spent my 21st birthday and 22nd birthday in another cell. What was what was so? Uh, why was twenty one the cutoff for you? Live fast, die young. So you just say twenty seven, man. Yeah. <laughs> I just like and like when I fucking got to. There were so many other things that ended up happening. Like the girl that I've been with for like nine and a half years <laughs> now. Like she had just started talking to me and stuff, and it was just like. Uh, I could really fuck this up, or, like, I, I never understood why she stayed with me at all. You kind of put her through the ringer with everything? Yeah, that's an understatement. That's <laughs> a fucking understatement. And, like, she kind of saw, I, from what I understand, and I mean, this is, I don't know what she was thinking, I'm not a chick. And, like, <laughs> fucking, she literally was like, you know, she saw something, a, a person in me, like a potential person in me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that person wasn't meant to die at that age. You know what I'm saying? Like, So I will say every female that I have encountered and talked to about something similar with that, all females look for the potential. Every, <laughs> you they, guys are dumb. They all, <laughs> they all see the good in you so much to be able to overlook shit like that. <laughs> and there's like multiple people that have come to me and been like, yeah, that's, that's exactly how I am. Man, people have OD'd on the dope I sold them like 15 minutes after and that, that was that you know what I mean like to have that kind of shit and just to be like there's something better behind that yeah fucking walking into a fucking the studio that I had that fucking with gallon bags of fucking meth like you know what I mean like it wasn't even and the thing about that part is once you got once I got so deep into that like one thing didn't come without the other there were no fucking small we were dealing in pounds now mm-hmm. other, like serious narcotics you know what I'm saying and it's like I remember we'd be doing dumb shit shit like that watching uh fuck i remember specifically this one time there was an episode of dea it was on spike tv and it was in new jersey and they caught somebody with like 15 pounds of men and they the, they quoted it as being worth like five point something million dollars i almost shit myself yeah like that's how much that she goes for but like <laughs> we couldn't get rid of a pound for fucking like a thousand fifteen hundred dollars sometimes 
Yeah. So you were like, dang. <laughs> kind of. That's something, even with cannabis, though, a lot of people said, depending on where you are, people that's pay true. outrageous prices. Like, for an Before ounce, Vegas like, got legalized. Man. I'm all, I, the only one I know for sure is, like, D.C. That's, mm-hmm. or Maryland. Mm-hmm. I knew people that would pay so Shit, much out there. Too. And it would, there, you would, you would get, you know what I mean? Like, that's how much your fucking $35 bought you. Right? It's so crazy, too. But, yeah, I think that's exactly how it is with, it seems like, well, pretty much every drug. We're, I mean, the border's right there. Yeah, we you are super I mean? close to the border. Like, I never... I don't know. So, it used to be really easy to get Reggie out here. And I have to say, mm-hmm. I think it's I think Pounds it's harder. bucks. Yeah, I think it's harder to get it now. Um, Do you enjoy Reggie? Yeah, I, I smoke Reggie. I'm, uh, I like smoking Reggie, like, on the regular. And then we'll, like, if I need... Well, I mean, here's my point of view. And there's here's the reason why I try to get the best weed I can, no matter what it costs me. And the thing about it is, like, after basically all the shit like everything i've been through in the past few years it's like you know what i've put all that shit down i quit smoking cigarettes two months ago nice yeah. congratulations Thank you. that's like, good that's hard cigarettes are fucking hard i'm sure other shit is harder but cigarettes uh, well, are hard you know through all of the bullshit cigarettes were the last thing to like you know what i mean to hold out True. and i mean i decided that i wanted to like my it's it's weird like my mom i grew up in a i grew up Mormon, mm. and like my mom offered to get me my medical card for christmas oh that's pretty cool you know what i mean and ever since then she's been about this shit yeah well and that's the thing is i've learned so much about it even since using it but you asked me if i enjoy reggie and i'll tell you why um it hits me different than than drew does and it definitely is pain i would say my pain i can do that (laughs) and smoke that and i feel good you know what i mean and some some strains of dro just don't hit me the same like they don't at all they don't and so it's like and i don't know if it's because well obviously that's what i started smoking out here because it's only been legal for how many years you know what i mean and we do live close to the border so I could get it mm-hmm. but now that it's become legal it's harder a lot of people go and just get dro and then you have people that are like why do you smoke Reggie well, but see that's <laughs> the thing is I can't hate on it because I do understand it yeah. some people like and the thing is too is like I remember being in high school like selling pounds of Reggie and then we'd fucking come up here to Tucson and spend fucking 350 on an ounce of some really purple shit from out of state that fucking was fire as fuck but at the same time like when that wasn't happening and you're just sitting around with Reggie all the time there's certain times of the year like Christmas but yeah I was gonna, I was fluffy, just that's what I was thinking right now I was like so how long have you been in Tucson quantifiable. <laughs> I mean my I, you know I, mean, I grew up here well yeah in like, Christmas bud that used to like, be a thing. a thing a lot of people when I'll they bring it up to them, they're all, what do you mean? And I'm all, Christmas bud was like, dro, dude. It's you would open that shit, and it was like, so chronic. good. <laughs> we, always, we always, like, would consider it to be, like, super high-grade, outdoor-grown fucking chronic from SoCal or yeah, something. Yeah, it was But so it was good. Mexican-ass fucking, <laughs> just, it was the right time of year, the fucking breeze, the soil, all that shit. And it was good. It had a funk to it, too, if I, yeah. And it was bright, crystally green. I remember that. So were you smoking weed before you started taking other drugs? I have the first time I smoked weed. I was seven years old. Oh wow! Yeah. How? My brother. How old is your brother, or how much older than you? Thirteen years. Oh dang. Okay. That's my so brother in age. You probably were like, I want to try that, and he was like, Here, go ahead and try it, and shouldn't. Have. Well, I saw him <laughs> and his girlfriend smoking cigarettes. Yeah. But like, I did that as a kid. Him and his girlfriend, I I always left him alone. You know what I mean? I just had that kind of like, oh, it's him and his girlfriend. I don't need any shit from him right now. Right. Like, but he would go around this part of the house we had a shed and he would go around the shed and he would smoke these like little pinner looking things i was like what the fuck is that and he's like here here it is and i was like like a cigarette and he's like yeah but just hold it in 
like, all right, cool, whatever. Such a bad influence. I mean, <laughs> hey, look, my brother's parent now, like, he, I haven't seen him. And we don't know. We haven't known where he's at for the past 14 years. Oh, wow. He's paranoid, schizophrenic, tried taking his life. I watched him do that when I was 10. Like, I, that's the thing. Like, I've tried taking my own life, too. That's why I have tattoos over certain scars and shit. Like, mm-hmm. There's a lot of, well, and I imagine growing up with your brother being like that was has was a difficult task also. Um, no guns in the house. I, you know what I mean? And the th- I didn't know. Extra Back then, too, mental illness wasn't necessarily a thing. Like, PTSD was was still considered shell shock in the early 90s if i remember like and it's just like which i can understand because so i have ptsd from car accident and probably other traumas too but like it really triggered me when i got in a car accident with that bus and like forever while i was driving i would like see the bus coming at mm-hmm. me you know what i mean and it and it is it just like is something that's an imprinted memory yeah that plays on a reel oh and it was so bad for a while and then mm-hmm. i saw myself or felt myself like getting angry about it too mm-hmm. and was like it consumes I need to tell you. somebody whatever you can okay. be standing completely dead still mm-hmm. and realize your fucking heart's racing and you're fucking yeah dude that shit freak out when i was in a car with someone else mm-hmm. have like the automatic like reflex to grab the wheel like shit that i should not <laughs> you know what i mean so i was like oh this is not this is not okay so yeah i i feel sorry for those people where people mm-hmm. tell them oh ptsd is not a thing because it's yeah. like it is and i can't imagine some things that people go through and shit you know what i mean well and i mean my my biggest issue is that like now understanding that my dad my father's father took his life when they were camp oh, wow. took his own life and me him and my dad went camping when he was 13 and uh so like mental illness like in that extent runs in on that side of our family right and like now knowing all of this like i think that's kind of why my mom's so supportive but like i've kicked everything and i use i don't you know what i mean i'm in a sense i'm terrified to go see a doc because ever since i was a kid i was seeing shrinks i was on circle i was on lithium i was on depakote i was on fucking adderall that why the fuck that is the dumbest fucking drug in the world i'm sorry they they tried to give me that by the time i was like 16 already saying oh well this might help you and i'm thinking in like first grade i remember complaining 45 like, pounds. You know, I was just like, no, I'm good. At 16, I was like, I don't want to. It's awful. Yeah. And like, uh, on top of like the psych meds and all, and it was just like, none of that shit actually did anything. And it's like, anytime I talk to a doctor about what the fuck, like, you know, what's actually happened and shit, it's like, they're just like, huh. And it's like, really, the drugs that are left for me to go about are mm-hmm. shit I don't, I don't want to touch. Right. Like, I don't want to go back there. I don't need to be dependent on something again. Which is good. You know, it's this. good that you, you know, reach that point of where it's not really going to control your life, yeah. But it does more than it should. Because like, you have to think about it more, about not doing it. It, it keeps me at home. My girl, that's the thing, is that's the other part about my girl that I have to, like, she has always had this ability to be a part of something in a moment of something and associated with something but being able to be like oh, okay we're done all right pull back deal with what the fuck the withdrawal the fucking whatever the, and she's in the clear and she's able to be like all right so i'm gonna go get a job here and i'm gonna go do this and that and the other 
And it's like, I can't do that. Right. Because my thought, I've always, <laughs> my mom for my 10th birthday, whether she knew what she bought or not, she bought me the Pennywise album, Fuck Authority, or no, Land of the Free. That's mm. what it's called. But it has Fuck Authority on it. it has just It's just very much anti-government, fuck the police, all kinds, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And that's what I grew up like jamming to, you know what I'm saying? And so like my thoughts of like corruption and money and greed and like really you at the end of the day when all hell breaks loose and the banks aren't open money isn't gonna mean shit you know what i'm saying and it's like it's gonna be the people that you care about who fuck with you who are gonna be willing to fucking have your back and keep you alive while you're trying to do the same for them right and it's like that's how like the brotherhood of like punk rock and everything you know what i'm saying like that's that's what i was thinking and like so when it came to the drugs and shit i was experiencing a lot like i love losing Like I don't do them, but like DMT is one of the most fucking like, like it's I learned about myself. Yeah. Like and it's like I'm cool with like where I'm headed and what I'm doing, and I'm like more set in my stride as much of like either you fuck with me or you don't. But either way, I don't don't care. I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm gonna not in the sense I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do, but I'm gonna do what's best for me. And those like you know what I mean? The selfishness that you need to have. Exactly. That was something I didn't understand for a long time, and like that selfishness is the reason why you get a job and you pay the bills. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, I, my oldest brother, that was his only focus. And that pissed me off because he thought I was less than. Yeah. Because I didn't have to do much. Like, I was, how the fuck am I supposed to know I'm, like, honestly that spoiled compared to how the fuck you grew up, dude? Like, I'm the baby from, compared to him by almost fucking 30 years. Oh, jeez. Yeah, there's a big difference. Like, bro, like suck my dick like i was not there when mom and dad were young fucking struggling like i came 13 years after two brothers after like dude they had money saved up there i, I don't you know i don't fucking know what happened <laughs> but like i got to do things you know what i mean i got to ride motocross i got to have a fast car that was still a honda but like something you like you know what i mean exactly yeah. and like that made me spoiled and shit but the fact of the mental illness shit in adolescence and kid it just like i couldn't understand why i was so obsessed with the thought of fucking like the closer to death i got the fucking more i understood how trivial everything was and for anybody else that hadn't understood that i was just talking bullshit and i was willing to be broke does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Like, 200 miles an hour on an R1, it puts you in a certain mental place. Like, once you hit that, and then it clicks in that you have to slow down. Right. You got there, now you have to come back. There, I don't know, that's a whole nother ball game that you don't always perceive right at the, like, you get up there, you're cranking through it, trying to overcome that fear of getting there. And once you're there, then what? Like, so, well, oh, yeah, going fast and shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, so like getting up to that 200 and shit like you get up there and you realize you're still alive and like the reason I say you focus differently is because literally the tunnel vision is forced on you like physically forced on you like everything goes from fucking a normal perspective to like right here Mm-hmm. And it's like you back down to like I don't know maybe 90 95 and you're feel and the weird thing about it is you like 
you start floating back around and moving through cars a lot slower. But then you fucking look down and you're still well within felony range of getting fucking pulled over. Dude, you know I'll, what I'm saying? I'll tell you what. That's I how my life is. Remember, it was like Thanksgiving. I went with my friend and he had a 350Z. Mm-hmm. And cool. we drove yeah. fast as fuck down a road and it scared scared me. My life. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> like, I I could not do, I couldn't be a race driver. That shit my is too much for me. Up with me for driving one of those cars. Yeah, see, and that's my mom. They go fast. They're and it fun. was definitely like a, a eye opener where I was like, shit, I'm, I don't like this, <laughs> you know. But you said that the so the first thing so did you smoke off of the foil too, or what? did you end up shooting? Oh right away? yeah, no, no, no. Um, I, I always wonder how you get to that point because let yeah. me tell you, I have tattoos and shit, but I'm afraid of needles. Okay. Like I don't like to. Get I didn't shots. shoot myself up the first time I shot. I got. I hear that I mean? from a lot of people too. I, I have, uh, do it. Oh, you did it. Oh, jeez. Oh, so you didn't you didn't watch to like see how to do it. You just had someone. The, well, okay. So here's the thing that I, okay. Here's what I've never understood about myself personally. I have gotten along with the weirdest and most. I don't want. It's not like I'm trying to like dangerous people. Like people. Like I don't know, man. Your vibe attracts your tribe. Uh, okay. Wow. So shit. <laughs> if you sh- were putting yourself in dangerous situations, you're gonna have dangerous people around you too. I didn't think about that. You know that what I makes mean? a like, lot of you wanna know this? Yeah, I'm all and that, that bud that we smoked was pretty good. I feel good. It was pretty smooth hitting and uh, it's that Vegas triangle kush. That's right. My girl just came back from Vegas like two days ago. She Did she me. get a bunch of weed while she was there? No, well she brought me back a couple pre rolls that were pretty fire. I'm not gonna lie. But I mean it was nothing like super duper special. She went to this convention with her mom, brought me back uh, like it was uh, when you were a vendor. Like, her mom sells certain brands of clothes and shit as a vendor. Oh, yeah. And, like, there was a whole CBD section to it, I guess. And so she got me a fucking dealer's pack of OCB shit. Nice. Like, it, that whole world. Oh, man. I have so much shit I don't know what to do with that. I should buy <laughs> some of it. That's good. Yeah. See, I like there's so much different shit out there. And I've been testing a lot of CBD products. And they're fire. Like, I used to be like, oh, CBD doesn't do anything. But the more shit that I've tried and, like, seen how it does affect you, I'm like, it's so crazy. That's cause... the one thing I was going to say is, like, you asked me how, like, long, the first time I smoked. Like, I really started smoking with friends and shit in mm-hmm. sixth grade and okay like so middle school that makes yeah. sense my most of my life though i will say weed has been like even when i would be spun the fuck out of my goddamn gourd like if i was about to lose like that's the thing too like with the ptsd is i get i have very violent urges and thoughts and things that come over like and it's hard to like it sounds very like in this day and age it sounds so like oh you're watching too much tv yeah you know what i'm saying like but to really think about the things that i do and the things that i think about doing to people if i can say that (laughs) yeah like i mean we're being honest right no i know i'm just saying (laughs) even the biggest baddest motherfucker can be put down if he's overcoming the right fucking if you if you get him in a vulnerable position Mm -hmm. like i I don't know mind games toward like when you look at the scale of like how people are rated in sense of like tortured fucking what am i trying to think of like there's a classification for serial killers right and like there's like to the torture the people who torture and kill and 
something else. There's one other thing I can't remember what it is that adds to that. Is like one of the most severe forms of like brain altering fucking like this fool is a fucking like psychopath. Issues, yeah. Like he's gonna <laughs> eat somebody right. and be okay with it. Like it's Yeah, and it makes sense that a lot of those people when you hear about their life or like their upbringing, a lot of people that go that extra mile, it's always like, Oh dang, that was well, the yeah. part of relating to it is the scary part. Yeah. You'd be like, I get that. And then somebody being like... What do you mean? There's like... Well, people go through different levels of... Psychopathy? Yeah. And like... Or even just exploring your mind and understanding yourself and where you're at and shit. And they're... You know what I mean? So different phases like how right now you were like dang and i could tell by the way you were talking you were in a negative place so there was gonna be a lot of negative influences around because that's that's just kind of what happens you Mm -hmm. know what i mean somehow the universe is like here you go we're attracting you guys and so you learn shit different different times for me it was like 30 and i swear like everything hit me where i was like what the fuck (laughs) you know what i mean and i spent most of my 20s not caring about shit like not caring at all (laughs) it would be like i used to sit down and like talk about talk with people who were like oh i would never do drugs and then like years later they're like all into all of those drugs you have no oh man as a fucking one time straight up scum of the earth junkie to see some of the people that have fucking Falling on their goddamn sword with a goddamn fucking tutor in needle in their mouth or a fucking needle in their arm, like who used to make so who said I was such a horrible person because of a drug addiction, and it was like if you only knew the fucking shit that fu- you know what I mean that I have to try to choke down in my mind before I fall asleep at night. Yeah, you know what I mean, and it's fucking Tuesday. Well, and that's what I hear from a lot of people that is specifically with heroin. People that I've talked to that have done it, basically, they're going through rough shit, like you said, and they want to mask it. They Mm -hmm. want to stop it. And it's something that makes you not feel that stuff. And it could be something mental, mental health issues. It could be like you going fucking being broke. It could be all different different triggers. You know what I mean? So, I mean, in that aspect, I understand it. But like you said, it's the people that I never would have thought to do that too where i was like dang i always thought you had a handle on your shit yeah exactly you (laughs) You sure made me feel like a douchebag when fucking i didn't here you are right it's so it's weird you go through different transitions so what made you decide to quit doing the hardcore drugs that you were doing there was like a there was a point in time like when i lived in orlando for a couple years now that we, you know, I was doing my fucking thing there. I had some money set aside, fucking. And I was still doing the same old shit. It wasn't, you know what I mean? I learned no matter where you go, if you look for fucking shit. Like, you, I guess you're right. Like, what you said, like, whatever your vibe is, is what fucking will bring shit around you. And fucking, if you want to find dope, you'll find fucking dope. Yeah. Whether it's overpriced or it's fucking cheap as shit, you'll fucking find it. You know what right. I mean? And it was like, I was, we had just came back to Tucson and I kind of like, I don't know, I woke up one day and there was this voice that came out of my head and it was like a voice I hadn't heard, but I recognized, you yeah. know what I'm saying? And it was me, you know what I'm saying? It was like this part of me that was just like, hey, um, yeah, fuck this bullshit. We're done now. Like, and it was just so like, I was like, am I better than this? Like, what the fuck? And it was like, uh, yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, you are. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, like a, some kind of real, like your epiphany. I literally right? woke up and it was like this fucking consciousness of like, 
I guess, like, that better person my girl saw inside or whatever you want to fucking call it. You know what I'm saying? It was just like, hey, yo, time to grow the fuck up, dude. Like, and... Your inner self or your higher self or something finally came out and was like, okay, I'm done. I'm done with you doing this, you know? And the thing was, is, like, I've been to rehab so, like, spent tens of thousands of thousands of dollars on rehab. How many times have you been? Six. And all for, so... Since I, I went to rehab the first time when I was 16. So, like, right after you started doing them? Uh, yeah, I guess, yeah. How did that come about? Did someone realize you had an issue, or did you get in trouble? Shh, I don't know. I don't even remember how the fuck. I feel like my dad caught me with some shit or something. And you don't remember, because you were to. really fucked up, obviously. <laughs> and that was the thing, too, is that rehab gave you a bunch of shit, like, when you got there. Like, you had to be there for, like, 12 hours so they could check you in and make sure you were coming off of something. And then they'd ask you what the fuck they were coming off of. They'd give you a piss test, you know, whatever, to verify what you say. And then they'd medicate you accordingly with Xanax or fucking Klonopins and fucking Subutex or what what the fuck ever, you know what I mean? And that's that's how... It, it puts the, you in, like, a zombie state, yeah? Yeah, but it was, like, a fine zombie state where there wasn't, like, I'm just not at home right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. And you don't feel anything when you're on all that stuff either, right? No, so no. it's like... No, there was nothing life-changing about it. You know, medically induced. Exactly. Uh, high. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's so difficult to hear a lot of different people say about even if they go into like Palo Verde here, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mental institutions or whatever they call them now. I don't know if that's appropriate, mm-hmm. but. And it's cool, but it seems like you kind of need a time to check out. And they're like, here, we're going to help you get this, chase this not feeling anything and slowly help you come out of it and figure out what's going on. And I mean, I can appreciate that to an extent. Yeah, I think it's cool to a point. But for some people, that's not what they need immediately. You know what I mean? Like, let's figure out what's actually causing this each time. So you don't have to go to rehab six times. Like, that's that seems like I mean, that kind of takes me back to where I'm like, dang, I really wish people would learn to meditate younger mm-hmm. and like throughout life and be able to be in touch with that inner voice that you finally heard after years of it probably being like, hey, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Oh, it wasn't you, even like that. It was being fucking beat down with everything. You know what I mean? With yeah. my self-loathing and all the other, you know what I'm saying? Like the alcohol and everything else. Like it was just being smashed down to not, the less noise there was in my, the more I could be away from my, re, my actual reality Mm-hmm. the better the, the quieter that voice became and the more and more i stayed away from those you know that actual solving the shit that was causing it it just fucking swallowed itself up yeah and that's you know i don't know what it was the thought process or what but literally i woke up yeah got out of bed and i like stood up and i was like there's somebody else making noise up there. You know what I mean? Like, but it, but it's me. Like, I don't know. Just actually kicked in. So, did you just cold turkey quit, or how did you? How did you no, stop? No, I mean, I've. That's the thing. Is like certain people. It all depends on what. Like, that's that's the thing. Is it all depends on what you want. Like, do you actually want to get clean? Or do you want to fucking find a crutch? Do you want to... Crutches are easy. They a can be. A lot of people be. get crutches. They can be. But it all depends on how you work that crutch. Do you keep that crutch? Do you up the dosages on the on the crutch every time you get a chance to? Or do you have that crutch?
much, and then you fucking go down, and then you fucking take it on a, you know what I'm saying? Like, you actually have a goal for yourself. Right. Fuck the rest of these programs, fuck all that shit. I'm getting myself away from all of this. Like, one of the biggest parts of addiction is getting away from, like, the idea of fucking hitting someone up on the phone. Knowing that you don't have to worry about being dope sick and means like, okay, if I can acknowledge that, then that means that I can focus on, I can be at work for fucking at least eight hours and not have to fucking get whatever. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And so you slowly cut yourself off from the people who you would hit up for shit, Mm -hmm. who you were dependent on. You start breaking these different barriers in your own different ways and you can fucking, like I've seen people actually use those things in gig and that's like, I've tried, I've fucking eaten kratom methadone like suboxone i didn't didn't ever fucking make sense for me no so you tried different ways oh yeah until it just fucking it just was what it was you know what i'm saying and i was out of it i don't do you think do you think that living here and having the ability to be able to go and get some really good cannabis and shit helps with your want for other drugs or is it a totally different feeling i said to myself early on that like I was probably going to die smoking weed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Regardless of what drugs were available or what I was into, like, even if I was still an addict at 90 years old shooting up, I would still have some weed. You know what I mean? Period. Like. Yeah. So how did you... So did you start your music after you got off drugs, right? Well, okay. So I started playing guitar when I was 10. I grew up on punk rock and stuff like that. My brother had, like, uh, like Old Master P, DMX, and shit like that when I was a little kid but like I said we haven't seen her in forever and I was like 10 when he tried to take his own life so hip-hop wasn't a big thing for me exactly you know what I'm saying right but I took my first punch to the face in a mosh pit and learned I wasn't gonna fall to pieces you know what I'm saying <laughs> like and that kind of turned me on to like what the like a breakdown how a breakdown feels you know what I'm saying when a good breakdown gives you like that chills feeling you yeah. know what I'm saying where you just down. It's euphoric in a weird way. Well, like, as I've noticed that, I, I noticed very, uh, like, clearly that when I, I thought that getting off drugs would be a, a cure-all. Yeah. Like, I wasn't going to be angry all the time. I wasn't going to feel like a psychopath. I wasn't going to fucking punch shit. I was going to be nice. I was going to be able to get a job and not tell someone to eat a fucking dick every, you know what I'm saying? And lose that job on my first, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, no, apparently that's not the case. You know what I mean? Those things are still there now. They're there and i'm not masking them and i get to address them but they're not that easy to tackle i can't tackle them all at one time either right and that makes sense it's hard it's hard to attack one thing at a time Mm -hmm. shit like (laughs) you have to really you have to figure out what works for you Mm -hmm. so does writing the music help you kind of get through your feelings or yeah see like so when i realized the anger situation was something that was not gonna just disappear we lived in a complex where this kid just talked a lot of shit and i respected his mom mom was a sweetheart and liked my dogs and i wasn't i just was like all right i'm not i'm not gonna physically hurt this kid so what does he do that made you know what i mean and it was like oh okay so he raps i wrote a rap you know what i mean i play guitar i wrote poems i've done you know what i mean i've done that so let's just try a different angle of that right and it was funny it was catchy it made people who listen to rap laugh and like coming for me as my first i was and each one told me don't stop writing keep writing 
And like I was like, oh, oh, okay, I'll try that. And my se- my first show I ever did, I came in second. It was a year ago. I got a thing on Facebook for it. Remind you, hey, yeah, look what you a did. year ago, yeah. And <laughs> it was, I, I, and it was my first show I've ever, you know, rapped in front of people or done anything. I showed up by myself. I don't know. It was just a good experience. You know what I'm saying? And it, it I'm sure you're like I, I had someone quote-unquote, helping me with my stuff last time I was over here. Mm-hmm. And that person is a... Is not helping you now, right? Well, so you're all by yourself? No, well, see, and that's the thing, is it's like, I realized I did more on my own than he ever could have fucking been able to provide, mm-hmm. ever. Sometimes and people just don't mesh well to, like, to work to, and I found that just with people in general. Or you either grow together or you grow apart, and that's a real part of life, where it's like, oh, okay, hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like those anger issues though that you gotta work on. Hey, now. but I have certain <laughs> things that I'm like, you know what I'm saying? Only a couple of things that you touch on those and I will fucking lose my shit and I will tell people ahead of time what those are. Yeah. And I mean that makes sense. I, I think it's I think it's good to be able to work through those things with writing though, or yeah, you does. know, expressing yeah. yourself through music. So at least you have that outlet. There's definitely people that don't know exactly what to do with those feelings and it could be you know, ten times worse. So well, like and a, that's the thing is I've done the ten times worse already. Right. So There's, you, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, what good did it do me then? Exactly. I guess that's something you learn with age. Definitely. Well, you have some good, good stuff out there, and you always post on your Instagram. How can the listeners find you? I mean, but yeah. you're on Instagram. Let's see. What yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Bree Sim. What is it? I know. I was like, oh, I have to look it up. All terrible. I don't remember if there's an underscore or not. No, it's just Bree MFG. And that's B R E E C E M F G on Instagram. And I'll post that on the website www.kendraafterdark.com. Don't forget, there's a new episode every Saturday. You can also catch the episodes on Red Dragons Radio, along with a bunch of other cool podcasts. So make sure to check that out if you listen to us on itunes itunes make sure you leave a review definitely appreciate that find us on instagram and facebook and thanks so much for coming on the show i appreciate it and you telling us about your you know trials and tribulations essentially right oh yeah yeah. (laughs) very cool having you always and again shout out to prime leaf that vegas triangle kush we had hybrid i definitely don't feel like super down i'm still chilling and good so oh yeah i'm cool too i feel i feel it (laughs) thanks so much for tuning in and you guys have a you are now listening to Kendra After Dark.